Infinity Wars. Episode 0002. Alien and Predators. Let's get to that fucking chopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Wars Episode 2. I'm your host, Kyle. I had bourbon in my mouth. <laughs> you didn't really prep us for that. I'm Drew. What's up, everybody? And I am Phil. Yeah, and today we're doing another hard episode here, another another hard-earned movie war between Alien and uh, Predator here. So, I mean, let's get started. I mean, these are two of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, we tackled two other favorites of mine last time, which was RoboCop and Terminator. Um, but where I want to start with these two films is... You know, I was thinking about why do these movies get connected so much? Because when you watch them, they're pretty different. Um, I, you know, Alien to me is kind of this sci-fi horror film. It's tedious. It's dark. It uses the space. Whereas, you know, Predator is this action-oriented sci-fi, yes, but mostly action-oriented film. And so I always wonder why these two films c- get connected. And, and really the only way I can connect these two is because the focal point of these two movies are creatures that are built on a new kind of idea. If you think about films up until Alien, Alien movies, most of them revolve around some kind of creature or Martian that kind of looks like us, you know, kind of looks like a man or a woman as gray, as round-headed, you know, it's not too much different than us. And and the fear was there, right? Maybe they come, maybe they abduct you or probe you. You don't really see it in the movies. It's not very evident what these you know, creatures are capable of, but that was basically the fear and also what they would do to the whole planet. What Alien did was dramatically different. In 1979, Ridley Scott said, there's something out there and it's not this little gray man that may abduct you or may probe you. What's out there is horrific. It's violent, it's brutal, and if you watch Alien, they literally sexually violate you in order to impregnate you with their own spawn. It's it's this really brutal, animalistic idea, and it's so dramatically different from what we had seen in past Alien movies. And then later with Alien, uh, or sorry, with Predator, Predator really cashes in on this idea as well, although to a less extent because that creature is more, you know, more of a machine and has more weapons, so it's a little different. But I can't help but compare Alien to Jaws. With Jaws... It was a very similar setting. At the time, I mean, we have Shark Week now. We have all these books about sharks. We've had thousands of movies about sharks. We know what the Megalodon is now. But when Jaws came out, we didn't have this level of research on sharks. And so when that movie came out, that literally became the knowledge. And I still, to this day, I mean, I was born in 87. I'm 33. I still watch Jaws. And if I had to go to the ocean a week later, I wouldn't get in. That's how horrific it is because it really cashes on the fears. Like we know what sharks are, but we really don't know who they are, what they're capable of, you know, what they prey on. And, and I think that really translates to alien because like I said, we transition from these little gray men to this ferocious, just sexually violent creature that literally bleeds acid. And so that's those are my opening thoughts on this film. Drew, Phil, how did you guys experience this film? And why is it, why are they, or sorry, these films, and why are they unique to you? Well, I'm going to be honest. I watched both of them for the first time less than a year ago. I had no idea what to expect. I had seen Jaws, obviously loved Jaws. But I think that your, your likening Alien to Jaws is spot on. Because the, I think the thing about the antagonist that's so terrifying in both of these films is the mystery. You know, because I've heard some people complain, like, well, I just don't know what the motivation is behind this. Like, what does the alien have against this crew or against these mercenaries? But I think not knowing and wondering the whole time and trying to figure out layer by layer more and more about these creatures is what makes it so interesting. That's, that's what I love about those films. That's what drew me in. Phil. 
like Drew, I saw Alien for the first time a little earlier than that, but it was recent. It was as a grown adult. And I don't know what compelled me to watch it. I think it was the mystique around it, you know, all the things that I heard about it over the years, but I just put it on one night and watched it and absolutely loved it from start to finish. It was complex. It left a lot to the imagination. You're kind of left wondering what a lot of the motivation was, but at the same time, uh, these things look vicious. They look like they want to kill you and they do just that. And I I loved the, uh, the set pieces in Alien and how complex and fleshed out they were. And even though now a lot of the effects look really rough, like when uh, the alien bursts out of the chest and like skitters down the table and it looks like a Jim Henson rat, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it does, it pops out and it goes like, and floats away and it's just looks rough. But um, it's still the the terror of that film and, and what they were trying to do with it really still translated. Um, I saw Predator for the first time before doing this podcast and it didn't do much for me, but I did see a lot of the archetypes and things that have obviously been blatantly copied by other films kind of set forth in that. And you can't deny all of Arnold's incredible one-liners. Well, here's the thing about Predator. Alien came out, right? early 80s first blood came out what early mid 80s so predator feels like a natural progression of mctiernan and shane black and what whoever i guess it'd be shane black who wrote the film saw those two movies like i'd love to write a movie that's just if those two films had a baby <laughs> you know what i mean because like, it starts so similar to to first blood and then it goes much more like in the way of jaws or alien in the sense where there's just this creature that you you don't know anything about that's a great point and i think one of the i think one of the biggest differences too is ridley scott he uses the nostromo he almost makes that the star like yeah the aliens the star but to me the ship is the star because yeah they yeah they literally call you're right they call the ship mother because the ship plays such an intricate part because they're confined and there's horror and there's tension. It's all about space. Like, think about the difference between when you know the alien is coming at you in a corridor above you or if it's under the ground. Like, they never quite know where it is, but they know they're in a tight space. Predator is an Arnold movie. And it's and oh, to, yes. me, to me, that's fantastic glory. And and John McTiernan, and the director of Predator, talks about this in the commentary, but Arnold was kind of forced on him. They were like, we're going to make an alien movie, but it's going to be an Arnold movie. Um, Because John McTiernan, actually, he struggled because I don't think he felt like Arnold was a good enough actor. That's why Carl Weathers is in the movie. He said, I needed an action star who could increase the level that so Arnold would increase his game to match to act up. Yeah, that's not that wasn't a problem in Alien. You know, the star is really the ship. The way that I encounter these movies, and, and I said this on episode one, but I experienced these films too young. So one of the things that I love about that, though, even though I probably should have not seen these at six and seven years old, is the movies, when you're young, it's like, wow, this is an Arnold movie. You're like, you're, you're seeing stuff blow up. Or with Alien, you're like, wow, that alien looks amazing. Like, that's so scary and frightening. But then when you're older, you can kind of respect what I talked about earlier, which is the space of the ship and the philosophical nuance, kind of the kind of the sexual nature of the alien and 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 kind of this whole you're being hunted concept and predator. You start to see these concepts. So the the way these movies have aged for me has really been through the eyes of kind of they're an onion. The older you get, they peel a little more and you kind of get a different understanding as you get older. Ogres are onions. <laughs> What's that from? Shrek. <sighs> We will not be getting to that one. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> no, we probably won't. Oh, God, it's our onions. 
Sorry. Anyway, uh, these ahead. movies, <clears throat> I think it, fundamentally they're both slasher films, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's so uh, creepy about them is essentially it's, you know, alien, made alien, and then Predator is just alien in a jungle. I think the one thing that sets it apart from typical slashers is that usually in a slasher horror movie, you've got these characters wandering around and not really knowing what's going on. But in both of these films, it's like, oh, there's something that's going to kill us. You know oh, yeah. I mean? <clears throat> in, in a typical like teen slasher, it's like you've got a couple making out in the closet and they don't, they have no idea what's coming. But yeah. the, this one, it's just like it, they both movies, they set the rules like, okay, there's a creature out there. You don't know what it is. It's deadly game on and the whole film is just watching them get picked off and it's it's so great yeah the whole point of of the slasher film genre is that the cast is literally uh, there's one central protagonist that you know will survive and then there's meat the rest are just meat for the meat grinder kind of going back to the the ship in alien being a centerpiece and a character because i i think something that identifies for me whether or not a movie's good is if i kind of forget that i'm watching a movie and kind of get sucked you know like anybody that level of engagement that you have but one thing that kept happening with alien is i kept catching myself feeling the uh hopelessness of the characters like in myself as i was watching it one of the biggest ones for me was watching the the scene where they're going around with that little homemade radar thing that uh, allegedly senses uh disturbances in the air or whatever i remember just the second time watching through it sitting there thinking like they're never gonna find this thing this ship is huge they got this stupid little wand and there's like two of them per team they're never gonna find this thing and just and realizing like yeah i i care because i'm feeling that way and and stuff like that about alien really sucked me in predator had none of that no i'm just kidding there were definitely a lot of moments in predator for me too where i felt that um especially when Carl Weathers and Arnold grabbed hands at the beginning and it just zoomed in on their biceps <laughs> and held that shot for like 15 seconds. That <laughs> girls get the girls. <laughs> that is an amazing shot. I will not You've let got you. in the week. Iconic. Did you guys get Star Wars vibes from any time the ship was like floating through space? I just. Alien. Oh yeah, for sure. Instantly Star Wars. Well, Absolutely. they came out the same year. Well, actually, it was right? 70. Star Wars was 77. 77 or New yeah. Hope because of the massive explosive box office numbers that happened because of Star Wars, then every studio was scrambling like, oh, remember that alien film we thought was stupid and didn't want to make? Mm-hmm. Well, people like outer space now, so uh, let's let's pull that off the top of the list and made Alien. Well, speaking of Alien, you want to get into these movies? Let's get into it. All right, let's kick off with Alien here. Alien uh, came out in 1979, directed by the Redley Scott, uh, written by uh, Dan O'Bannon, uh, and then star Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, and John Hurt. And uh, so before we read the synopsis, the budget was an estimated $11 million. Opening weekend made $3.2 million. Uh, cumulative worldwide Eek. gross, $106 million. Is that That's not good, right? Not for opening weekend. I mean, it, it, it lost, but eventually in the USA it grossed $81 million total, so it eventually cleaned up. How does that happen? Is I feel it, like that's not... VHS? I feel like that's not very good, which is surprising. I don't know much of the fan reception around this movie at all. I just know how I've experienced it the two times I've seen it, and I've thought it was brilliant, but did people like this movie? I mean, you read all the post, you know, the posthumous reviews, they're all, it's all fanatical, but, you know, that's all in post. I mean, maybe at the time it wasn't of interest. I Interesting. Mean, so there's this synopsis of Alien. 
In deep space, the crew of the commercial uh, starship Nostromo is awakened from their crypto sleep capsules halfway through their journey home to investigate the distress call from an alien vessel. The terror begins with the crew when the crew encounters a nest of eggs inside an alien ship. An organism from inside an egg leaps out and attaches itself to one of the crew, causing him to fall into a coma. So here are some uh, random facts about Alien. Originally, this movie was called Star Beast. So it's funny you say Star Wars. Like, could they have called this movie Star something? <laughs> Star bullshit. And this is my absolute favorite fact. And, and once I found this out, this really solidified the, the lore for me because I always clump these movies together. Alien, RoboCop, Terminator, Predator. I know they all came out, you know, some of them 10 years apart. But to me, they kind of make up a genre, which is this pop sci-fi thing. Alien was probably my least watched of all of them, not because I didn't love them, but I think I was just so drawn to the action of the other three. One of the things that really got me into it, because I love art, anything artistic, is that H.R. Giger is the one that designed the alien. You know, you have Stan, Stan Winston, who designed The Predator. A Swedish surrealist named H.R. Giger is the one that designed the alien. And the reason there's so many sexual undertones, the phallic head and all that stuff with the alien is because this artist, that was his vision. And so, you know, I've, I've been looking at books. I want to start a collection of books, literally, because when you look at the alien art, there are books of just art. Um, and it, they also did some new art for Alien Covenant that just came out a couple years back. The, it's just haunting. It's just horrifying. I actually think some of the, the illustrations and the sculptures that he made are more horrifying with, than what they ended up with in Alien. And it didn't really click with me that the, man, the, sorry, the face hugger was a sexual thing until I saw a drawing because there was a drawing of a transparent head. It was like kind of like what you see in anatomy class where you see the figure of the body, but it's, you, you're seeing the organs because it's anatomy class. Like it's got the, you know, the face huggers phallus going down the throat. It's just like, you don't realize until you look at the art, like that was what was in mind. Like the whole rape theme, yes. like that was always. So when you were describing the movie, you kept saying it had the sexual nature to it. And I've never thought of that. But that was really the intent. It was like this thing was like pseudo raping people. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, the the face hugger literally sticks its phallus down the throat and, in, and impregnates its and becomes the host, and then it pops out of your chest, and that's birth, like like it's coming out of the uterus. And it was against his will, making it non consensual, obviously. Yeah. And then and then throw in the phallic nature of the alien itself. It's just all very. <clears throat> there's a lot of sexual overtones. In fact, with another fact with Giger is that the artwork was some of it was so intense that they uh, would not let him go through customs in an airport. I'm trying to remember which airport, but when he was going, oh, Dutch customs, he was trying to go through Dutch customs with his drawings and they actually detained him because they saw the artwork and they thought. They thought it was like porn of some kind. Yeah, they were like, what is this? We can't let this person into and our back country. Back then, I feel like people had a porn it might still be this way in a lot of places but that kind of artwork is illegal in a lot of countries um, not, not to walk too far down this path because i know we've got other stuff to get to but also the scene where ash is trying to kill sigourney weaver ripley he's shoving an adult magazine down her throat against mm -hmm. her will like that's a very sexually aggressive i mean it, mm -hmm. there's definitely some subtext there sure. and not so subtext like it's he's just shoving a porn magazine down her face like that's crazy yeah yeah it takes a couple of watches and it, you have to i think you have to have the background on giger to kind of pick up but once you realize that those tones are there you can't help but notice it and speaking of ripley in the magazine this is another interesting fact ripley was originally supposed to be a man and the reason that it ended up being sigourney weaver is because the studio thought the concept of ripley as a man was incredibly boring they rejected it all together i get that that makes sense yeah why 
It's more interesting for the, I guess the, uh, is she, she's the pilot or the one of the commanders of the ship, basically. She's, I got, I got, she was like the third in command, right? Yeah, she's, and and, and this is worth saying, and this is also a great fact about the Nostromo. I love how they introduce it as a cargo ship because mm-hmm. it automatically sucks you in the universe because you're looking a at commercial a, cargo. Yeah, ship. it's a work ship. That being said, I think she's a just a she's a cargo worker. Basically, it's, it's interesting to me that they made the main character in that time period in like a space movie following Star Wars made it a female. Mm-hmm. Star Wars had one strong female in the trilogy that I can think of. And for them prior to like Leia or someone really coming into their own making uh, Sigourney Weaver, the, the the main character in that film to me is an interesting move, especially in that time period. Yeah, it's pretty bold. Yeah, it's, it's not to say, I, I don't, I think women's rights had come a long way at that point, but it's just interesting to compare, to kind of put that timeline of that film up against maybe what was going on in history at the time. The last fact that I love is that Ridley Scott purposely hid the, the details of the chestburster from the cast. So they kind of knew the wow. setting. They kind of knew like where to stand and stuff, but Ridley Scott purposely hid the, the fact of what was going to happen. So what you're seeing in the cast is actually their natural reaction to what was happening. So, devil's advocate... I heard that that part was actually a myth. What the the piece that they didn't know <clears throat> was the amount of blood. Okay. So what they were reacting to, because they had rehearsed that scene, they they, knew, they all read the script. Okay. They knew the alien. That's a pretty how you take that role and have read the script without knowing that that mm. happens. Like that's a pretty important piece. But what they didn't know was the blood okay. splatter. Thank so you for clarifying. The, when the blood was splattering, that was you were seeing their live reactions. Like, oh my, God, I didn't know it was going to be this real. Drew uses the second page of the Google search results. Yeah. He clicks past the stuff that Google wants you to see. I mean, they give you like, you know, 1.3 billion results. So yeah, go through. I just got owned. Uh, Awesome. Well, that wraps up Alien. Let's get to Predator. Box office. So budget. So we're talking eight years later. So inflation, you know, $15 million is probably, you know, $7 billion now. Um, That's how it works. That's definitely the man. Yeah. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. I have took an economy class in college budget 15 million dollars opening weekend 12 million gross uh domestically gross usa only 60 million uh internationally 98 so it even later it did less than alien eventually directed in 1987 by john mctiernan and is mostly known for bringing die hard to life so he was the first director of die hard and die hard 3 with vengeance oh yeah oh oh yeah die hard Uh. which side note Predator predates Die Hard. Predate. Hence the name Predator. Predator. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the jokes tonight. And the Predator dies hard. Very hard. Okay, so no, but for real. Die Hard and Predator are kind of the same movie, just opposite. Yeah. Whereas in- where it's you it's a group of people being hunted by one person, one antagonist yep. in Predator. And in Die Hard. It's one singular man being hunted by a group of people. Even the first, um, even the first death in Predator of the group, and the first death of one of the main bad guys in Die Hard are very similar. They get killed out of sight and then left somewhere to be found. Whereas none of the other deaths are that way. The very first guy that dies in Predator gets killed and gutted or whatever. And then they find him off in the distance and the same deal with Die Hard. He kills the guy and puts him down the elevator and when the elevator opens, it's like, you know, got that blood on his shirt or whatever with the writing. And so, a lot yeah. of Which is what makes it a Christmas movie, right? 
ho 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 i've oh. got yes that's it yeah well it happens at a christmas party we definitely you know. gotta get to die hard i just oh, saw die hard recently and gosh that movie is so good so badass so the cast of Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, uh, Bill Duke, Jesse Ventura, and Sonny Landham. Strong. Strong. <laughs> That's a lot of muscle. A lot of strong There's men in that of, cast. A lot of, a lot of meat. A lot of muscle mm. mass here. Show me them arms. Synopsis. Dutch, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, is a soldier of fortune, hired by the U.S. government to secretly, secretly rescue a group of politicians trapped in Guatemala. But when Dutch and his team, which includes weapons expert Blaine, played by Jesse Ventura, and CIA agent George, played by Carl Weathers, I thought his name was Dylan. Yeah, I thought so, too. I'm going to say Dylan. IMDb. You've changed, stuck. Dylan. It is Dylan. You Dylan. are not the same man, Dylan. CIA agent George, Carl Weathers, Dylan... Land in Central America. Something is gravely wrong. After finding a string of dead bodies, the crew discovers that they are being hunted by a brutal creature with superhuman strength and the ability to disappear into its surroundings. That's one of those. Another one of those. I'm in. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, first rant. We're going to get into randos now. So Shane Black, um, who is one of the crew. Uh, was cast because of his script writing skills. So they, he actually wasn't really known for an act, acting at all, but John McTiernan knew him as a writer, and he just kind of knew he wanted him in the movie, not because of his acting. Um, he went on to direct Iron Man 3, and he directed the newest Predator movie, which is a complete dumpster fire. From what I gather, it's pretty nice to have a... It seems like it's good to have the writer on set, so mm -hmm. maybe that was part of it. It's like, hey, can just come and be here as we kind of navigate through this. Like, yeah. Totally unrelated. That's Toby from The Office, too. Well, the whole cast of the the whole writers, the writer room was like... Wait, in, hold on. What? Toby from The Office wasn't an actor. He hated He didn't want to be part oh, of it. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. thought you were saying Toby from The Office was in... No, no, no. He was the predator. Yeah, he was like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna, Arnold played Dutch because gonna he wasn't you. available. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to kill I'm going to kill so, you. Kale, uh, okay, scratch that. Sorry. <laughs> fucking scrub scrub scratch. Who's Kale? Kale. Know. Yeah. I'm hungry for Kale. So Drew and you you rebuffed this a little bit. You think this might be more of a myth, but I'm pretty sure this is fact. I don't know. John Claude Van Damme originally played the Predator. So he was the guy in the suit when it was a much uglier version of the creature. You said you th read this as a myth? <sighs> I I don't have a lot of data behind that. I I heard it was a myth, but oh. Snopes. Maybe it was not. Yeah. A well, quick Google search will tell you that it, he was indeed wearing the suit at one point. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. McTiernan talks about it in the in the commentary, but the reason he didn't end up playing him is because he was upset that he didn't he didn't realize that he was literally going to be a guy just running around in a really ugly suit, and he kept trying to show John McTiernan and his boxing moves and his kickboxing moves to show him what he was, what his value was. Sounds on brand. And McTiernan was just kind of like, I don't, you, you run around in a suit. But I, this guy's an alien, and he doesn't box Jean-Claude. Mm -hmm. So, uh, <laughs> Jean fuck Jean -Claude. off. <laughs> Listen, Jean-Claude. Listen, a Jean-Claude. So, the uh, DE is silent. So, By the way, quick uh, interjection, if I may. Two future governors in one movie. That's crazy. <laughs> Two future, if nothing else, just give it up to Predator yeah, for their dude, politicians. Yeah. Yes. But no, that is awesome. They've produced a couple of uh, notably the best governors. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there in in the history of America, there definitely have not been two more effective governors. And it's amazing to be president in this country. You have to be in, you know, you have to be native to the U.S. But any other role in government, whatever. Why does Arnold and Jesse sound like an amazing Netflix series that I would watch about them just riffing about their their time as 
governors. Or the sequel to Hey Arnold. <laughs> because, because you just landed on gold there. My name's Arnold. Hey, and I'm Jesse. <laughs> Thank you for watching Netflix. We're both old. Our arms are saggy now. We cannot lift anything. Arnold's right. We're both very weak. Now we'll watch our show. All right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how to follow that up. So With the truth of truth. The truth of truth, come on. Find your truth. Um, so the, the person, when they redesigned the suit, when Stan Winston redesigned the Predator suit, was replaced by a seven-foot Nigerian ballet dancer. So, you know, it's not an optical illusion that the Predator towers Arnold at the end. Um, that's actually because the actor who put on the suit was seven feet tall. I wish they had showed somewhere earlier in the film how big pr- the Predator guy is. Because when he finally picks Arnold up at the end, and you see the size difference. I was like, mm. oh, God, this thing is not just the size of a normal guy. Like, he's enormous. It's a great point. You don't, because he's also invisible for the first half of the movie. Yeah, exactly. You literally don't get the idea that he's seven feet tall. It looks like something from Reading Rainbow for the mm-hmm. first, you know, just floating around invisible. It's a really good point. Take I really, look. you don't pick up on that the predator is that hulking until the end. This is my favorite random fact about this movie. So, the guy who played Billy was Sonny Landham. The studio required an insurance policy in case he got drunk and started beating people up. <laughs> this was That's a, amazing. This was a known issue with Sonny Landon. They were like, if you're going to cast him in the movie, you, we, we're going to have to take out an insurance policy in case he beats the shit out of someone and kills Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why cast him? I don't know. I love that. I love Billy. I, don't, I do too, and I think he did a phenomenal yeah. job. But if I'm a casting director or mm-hmm. a director or you know whatever, like I'm thinking, I know they cast him because they wanted Billy because Billy was a tracker, right? He's always the one smelling tracks and seeing tracks. They wanted him to have Native American. Oh, I see. Look, they wanted oh, to have a Native American feel. That's he why was, I did not get that. He was a fantastic mm-hmm. character. Though. He was. Yeah, he was a tracker. So I don't understand why he sacrificed himself at the end there, but yeah, that's. That that I wonder that too. That was weird. It's kind of out of nowhere because he was he just capable. stood on a log and let himself die. It was well. It was I think because like, he wanted to let them go. I mean, what do you mean? I don't know. Because he, he knew had, he knew that if he cut his like if the predator smelled his blood, he would just go after him and focus on him and not chase the other. I agree with Phil though because even though I love that part, like. You, you don't really get any groundwork early in the film that Billy has a sense of duty to anyone else. He's kind of like the lone That was it. It was He was... Tracker. Yeah, his tracker thing. Like One thing I thought was really cool in the movie that they never fleshed out any further was early in the movie, Jesse Ventura was like, he sees something. Oh, him and his damn nose. And he's just standing there Billy. in the woods, like very much in tune with what's going on around him. I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. And it never came back. <laughs> that was it. Um, so they actually... So this minigun was like almost 100 pounds that Jesse Ventura had to carry around. So it's very unrealistic. And McTiernan talks about this in the commentary that Old Painless, the minigun, like they had to empty it for him to carry it around. Like it couldn't have any, it couldn't have anything in it. And also, <laughs> that's crazy. Cause it's, and he was like, there is no way that this would just get carried around. Like this would be on a craft or something because just carrying this gun around like they do, cause they're just walking in the woods. They don't have a vehicle. He's literally carrying around like a hundred pound gun, like it's nothing. If it's too heavy for Jesse Ventura, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Yeah, Period. seriously, who yeah. is who who is carrying that gun? Yeah, it took like half of the filming for him to finally get used to carrying it. And the filmmakers, like the cast and or sorry, the crew, they were always like, if we're gonna do a scene with painless, it has to be right because the cleanup cleaning up all the blanks because it fired like a regular minigun so there would be hundreds and hundreds of cartridges so it would take hours to clean up after 
a scene where they shot it. That's why it's only used. It's used in a big way, but it's only used two or three times because the cleanup. I was, was going to say, I did notice in that movie when they used the minigun, it was like egregious. It was like, we're going to let this thing rock as long as we possibly can. It would just sit there. Cutting down hundred year old trees. going. Hundreds of rounds. We hit nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, I just kept waiting for that scene to end and just... I, just I know. Kept and then more down guys, the more guys joined in with more guns, and then they'd be changing clips. And I'm like, what? What point do you just realize you either killed it or you didn't? That actually links, and I have a lot of randos here because it's there's a lot of good randos. But that actually links to a fact I didn't write down. John McTiernan is very when it comes to guns, he's actually pretty political, and he thinks he always thought that Hollywood was too obsessed with guns. Like he actually described the studio as pornographically minded when it comes to guns and Predator. But this was his first film he ever directed like a major film to him he was making a statement that that in that scene they're firing and they shoot thousands of bullets and they hit nothing he in his mind thought that was kind of a slap back in the studio like look they shot all these rounds but they didn't to no avail to no avail like that like what violence is not the answer kind of thing yeah Hmm. yeah and i think it's kind of funny because like he took the job i'm sure he's taking the royalties right but it's like it's really easy 30 years later 40 years later to be like oh yeah they were pointing you you took the job so (laughs) i will also as as, we don't know that he cashed the check in his defense yeah the check could still (laughs) expire and be sitting somewhere in a vault to be like my first big check he donated it to the homeless yeah, my also first he show. went on to make Die Hard, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got okay with guns. What, the the funny thing about that comment that you just made about um, McTiernan's uh, thoughts on weaponry, as a first time viewer of that movie, to me that came off as an egregious man scene, like um, macho. Yeah, like look at all these mm. guns. We're just gonna we're gonna rattle off all these rounds because we can, and we're big strong dudes. To me, that was an advertisement for guns. That wasn't mm-hmm. like. I didn't get a political statement out of that other than like, look how yeah. awesome these guns are being fired by these jack Interesting. Which, not to get into politics too much, but that's funny. That's interesting that he, I guess it goes to show like you think what you think. Exactly. Whether you, yeah. you see the world one way or the other. Like either you think guns are cool and you're going to see guns as a awesome thing or you, you think they're not cool. <laughs> I just left that scene literally thinking many guns are awesome. Like, that's cool. And then they use one in T2. I'm like, miniguns are awesome. A um, couple more facts about Predator. The So originally, so speaking of the Nostromo earlier, there was actually supposed to be a significant part of Predator that was going to take place in the ship that you see fall. Like, you never see it again in the movie. But it actually, so this is what's crazy. And I wish they could have found a way to do this. Yes. They, all the members of Dutch's crew that got killed were supposed to be stuffed and taxidermied inside of this ship and the final battle was not supposed to take place in an open setting it was supposed to take place in the ship they do this in predator 2 although it's not a battle they do show you the ship although it's very disappointing because predator 2 is a complete garbage heap this is so disappointing to me and the reason john mctiernan says in the commentary that they didn't do it he thought two things it was too brutal like it was really they were already asking them to cut things out of the film and like doing stuffed members of Dutch's army would have been overkill. And from an effects perspective, they just couldn't figure out how to do it without it either looking too brutal or too hokey. Hmm. But don't you wish that would have been in there? I do, because it would have provided more context. Mm-hmm. Because 
There was the scene. Oh, phone call. Why is my phone? Violation. Kyle's popular. How do you disconnect? Hold on, guys. John McTiernan's calling me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's upset. It's like, Kyle, stop talking trash about my film. How do you disconnect your phone? I assume he's a carnival barker from the 50s. So let me ask you guys this. I watched the Alien director's cut, and I don't remember if this scene was in the first cut. I don't think it was because I remember being mind blown. She stumbled into a room before getting on the shuttle. She stumbled into a room and found Tom Skerritt's character still alive. Was this in the original cut? No, I don't think so. Okay, so so he was still alive, like, trapped. Like, the alien had, like, trapped him and was, like, torturing him, and he was like, she went and found him, and she was like, oh my god, it's Tom Skerritt, (laughs) whatever his name was, I forget. And he was like, kill me. She took him out of his misery, basically. And that was, like, her last thing that she did on the ship before getting on the shuttle. I was wondering, like, I wonder why they cut that out. Cause that, that really like, I thought that was a really cool just aspect of the alien. Like, wow, he's not just, he actually is kind of malicious. You know what I mean? Like there's an element of evil. It's not just, I'm here to, you know, dominate like for survival sake. I'm here to like also cause pain. Tell me if I'm remembering this right, but she goes to cancel the self-destruct sequence and fails. And why? I was confused. Dude, I loved that. To me, that was a huge, like, there was something, it, it just added to the hopelessness to me. She's, like, desperately trying to cancel the sequel, well, because she wants to, uh, she wanted to kill the thing and save the ship, because I think she thought she could kill it oh, at one point. Because okay. she got it cornered I, or I something. There was, that. And so she goes to shut down the self-destruct sequence, and it it's doesn't stop. So to me, that just added to like the, oh shit, I got to get to the ship like now. I need now. to watch it again because I did not get that. I was like, what is she doing? She just got it going. Why is she trying to cancel? I didn't get yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, there was, I can't remember exactly why, but I remember in the moment it made sense because I was thinking like, I don't know if I'd cancel that self-destruct sequence, but I get why you're doing it. I just loved that it failed. Because that to me was like she spent all this time trying to turn it off. And she's jamming those cylinders down and then she's like six seconds too late. Hmm. There was such a sense of hopelessness in that scene. I do scene. like that it turned it into a challenge. Like it, it turned, it took something that was going well for her. She wanted to leave the ship. Then she changed her mind, but then she couldn't. So it turned into a challenge for mm-hmm. her to overcome, an obstacle to overcome, which was, that's just good writing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that plays into what I said in the intro earlier, which is it's really hard to connect these two films other than that fantasy of these two creatures battling it out. Cause eventually we do get, I was going to say, Predator. in the fact that they become a, you know, Franchise. a thing down the Line. Yeah, but other than that, that fantasy the and the idea that they're both not your traditional alien creature, like it's very disconnected because they're a they're a cargo crew. They don't have weapons. They don't have you know guns. They don't have many guns. The predator crew does, so she has to use the elements, and she's not a trained fighter. The other one in the predator, they're trained fighters. They're got mini guns and grenade guns and grenade launchers. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge difference between the two films. Yes. Gentlemen, shall we war? Agreed. Let's go to war. Let's go to war. Yeah, good randos. Let's get, go to get, war. Get, war. War score. All right. As a reminder, this is only episode <laughs> two. So the way we the way we do this is we come up with categories. We're not critics, although we have opinions, but we're just fans. But we we have a couple of you know serious kind of movie based ones, but we also have some funny ones. You know that lead to some funny conversation in the category. So let's get let's get kicked off here and see who wins these two, an epic battle between two of the best freaking movies ever made. Category one, best top bill cast. Man, I hate to say it, but Predator. Why? The cast, I mean, how can you deny that cast? Arnold, 
Well, top Jesse. bill. Top bill. So we're just this is Sigourney and Arnold. Yes, correct. Oh yeah. Okay, that's fair. It would be you know it would be John Hurt and Sigourney for Alien. It would be Predator or it would be Arnold. Oh, so top bill is just the top two. It's a list cast. I mean, it was versus Arnold, supporting cast. Arnold, Jesse, and Carl Weathers. I mean, freaking Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. I would say Arnold and Carl are top bill, and oh, Jesse yeah. Ventura is, is supporting cast. I mean, Sigourney Weaver, I thought was incredible in Alien, but just raw star power. If you're trying to get people out to the box office, the the cast of Predator was. If you were doubtful about anything about the movie, like you would give it the benefit of the doubt because those guys were in it. So. Agreed. <clears throat> Predator for sure, because Arnold and Carl Weathers. I mean, I mean Carl Weathers, icons. Is how, yeah, icons. Uh, he's, uh, not he's that Sigourney's not, but she's kind of out on an island in her in that movie. I mean, Tom Skerritt, all due respect, but I don't care to see Tom Skerritt be a top built cast in any other film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a really difficult category. Then they're all difficult because these are two amazing films. You know, Ridley Scott's direction is very much classical. You know, I think you see Shakespearean tones in the way he directs his cast. I think the cast of Alien has less to deal with because they don't have the guns, they don't have the flair, they don't have the explosion. So they have the ship, they have the alien and how they respond to that alien and and the space, like how they use the space, how they use the elements. I think there is a lot more acting there. But the reason I'm going to give this to Predator is because Arnold still hasn't come fully into his own. He's got Terminator, but as we talked about in the last podcast, Arnold still had to say certain things because his language barrier wouldn't allow him to say things correctly. So they had to literally alter the script. He still hasn't come fully into his own. Predator was kind of the second part of his coming out he was, party. He was much better in Predator than he was in Terminator. Yeah, well, he has a lot he more He had come lines. a long way. You know, and we, we see Arnold kind of coming into his own. And the way we see him in Predator is the way we're going to see him in Commando and a lot of other movies, True Lies. This kind of gives us the Arnold blueprint. So I got to give it to Predator as well. As much as I want to say Sigourney Weaver, I said this a lot with Terminator versus T2. I think if you're looking at Sigourney Weaver in 2, you're like, wow, Sigourney Weaver in 2 would beat Arnold in Predator. But we're not talking about aliens. We're talking about aliens. So I got to give this to Predator. When would you say Arnold did come into his own? I would say Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a decade and give a half me the later. Turbo Man. I mean, Apex Mountain was T2, right? I mean, that was kind of his apex. So that naturally leads us into supporting cast. Is, I mean, is the line blurred between lead guys and supporting guys in Predator? Because I would, I would venture to say Carl Weathers is a supporting character in Predator. I, and I so is Carl Jesse Weathers Ventura. Is A-list because a- after he is a list, but he's supporting. Yeah, because he's not the main dude. He's in the movie over half the movie. Half of Dutch's crew gets blown away by the halfway point. It's true. Oh, this whole yeah. And yeah. Carl has a lot of dialogue. He does. Man, that's a tough one. I would still say Predator. I agree. I would too. It's it's really tough, right? I mean, I think the actors. I mean, this was Jesse Ventura's first film. I mean, when you listen to the Predator commentary. McTiernan is so negative about Arnold's abilities, and that's why he cast Carl Weathers to bring his level up. He was like Jesse Ventura. He was like this was literally a favor to the producer, like into yeah. the, the he like he didn't want him in there. But the way they write these characters, Shane Black with his one liners, and Jesse Ventura with I ain't got time to bleed. Like think about it, this was his first was film ever. Line. What move? What line do you remember from this movie? Even against Arnold's one liners, I think of I don't have time to bleed. That is the Dude, line in this movie. Such a great. It comes from a wrestler line. who it was his first film. I mean, 
as much as Ridley Scott is classically trained, classical writer, cla- Shakespearean acting, uses the space, fantastic. I think of the supporting cast above Arnold in this movie because of how they, you know, I love that Billy's a tracker. I love. Well, let's be real. Arnold was not good in this movie. <clears throat> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. I don't, I wouldn't. Arnold? I mean, that scene at the end where he's like walking down the little ravine, holding his machine gun, looking for the predator. I mean, just the look on his face. It looks like he's trying to look angry. It doesn't He doesn't look angry. He looks like he's trying to look angry. That was very And that triggering. to me is something. You are one ugly motherfucker. Yeah, you are one ugly motherfucker. You see, and this is, and I got to admit my bias here. You may be right, but I love Arnold so much that. Oh, me too. I He's Arnold, and I, I want him to be Arnold. Like, but I don't want anyone else in this the, film. The people we love, we love them in spite of their flaws. Yeah, I go Predator, too, for sure. Bill Duke, great actor. Yes. Shane Black, as, you know, cheesy and, you know, ridiculous as his character is, I think his presence in the film is cool. Yeah, I gotta go Predator. Yeah, Bill Duke's great in this film, too. I'm glad you brought him up. When he's shaving his face with the razor and breaks it on his yes. face. That, in his blank, dead stare. That might be the best acting in the movie. Yeah. He's Well, he's great, though. I mean, he's in so much stuff, even these days, I yeah. feel and like. And TV, too. A lot and, of TV and, and he always plays this very... He's, he always plays a government agent of some kind. Right. And he is very intimidating in those roles. Like In real life, I don't think I'd want to encounter him. I don't want to be, I don't want to be interrogated by that guy. All right, Predator 2-0 so far. This is this is kind yeah, of Phil for somebody who didn't like Predator. Hey man, sure. listen. I don't have to like something to be objective about it. Best kills. We'll start with Phil this God time. I'm sorry. Damn. Start, we'll start with Drew this time. Best kill. I kind of like when uh the bottom run, the bottom guy on Alien, what's his name? The white guy who works in the bottom of the alien the ship. Oh, the uh I don't remember his name, but yeah, the mechanic. I kind of just like that the alien, like he looked up and saw alien and the alien showed his teeth and then he was just gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that was all I needed to see. I was like, oh, well, shit. And it's like that. Okay. The best kill of all time, the alien bursting out of the guy's chest. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even consider I mean, that, that one is, as a death, but yeah, that was, wow. That's the twice impeached president card right there. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Phil. Yeah, that's true. That wins. Yeah. However, however, oh, you liked Advocat del Diablo for Predator. They fucking brutalized that that squad. Jesse Ventura getting just he's shooting away. He's big, strong. He's nothing against that energy bolt or whatever off the Predator. I mean, the Predator not only kills people, he skins them sometimes, rips out their their, uh, their spines mm-hmm. and collects skulls. Mm. There's some... Man, I don't... Can we have a tie? To no. me, the thing that, that for Alien that is the Trump card, twice impeached president card, is... Um, <laughs> Oh my god! To me, that's the the alien bursting out of the chest. Like there might not be a better kill in all of cinema. Or how about when Ash just gets his head knocked off? Quite Dude, literally, and sits there and talks. Still, does that count as a kill? Yes, because didn't Sigourney Weaver kill him? She did. No, she... it wasn't Weaver. It was the other guy. Yeah, what's his name? After they hooked knocked him his, up, literally knocked his block off and then plugged him back in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> insult to injury. Ash, Kyle, does it sound to you like Phil liked Predator? I think Phil liked Predator. That's what it sounds like to me. Maybe because we're pointing out all of its greatness. Hey, you know, I'm open. To, uh, I'm always open to change. Phil, I struggle here. I 
a lot of the kills that I like in Predator are actually the kills that we don't see happen, and that's with the skinned. When they get into the woods and they find all the bodies hanging in the trees and they find their skinned, I love that that's when they realize they're getting into something awful. You don't expect it either, right? We know we're talking about a violent creature here that's got all these weapons, but you see these skinned people, you realize like, wow, like this is, they're hunting. This is when you realize they're not just, this creature isn't just killing these people. Like he is hunting them and making them trophies. But with Alien, you got the chest burster, but also think about it this way. The alien or the creature in Predator has all these weapons. He -hmm. has the laser gun. And the way they use the laser gun is a little inconsistent it's to lame. me. Because with Let's Jesse be Ventura, with Blaine, it bursts his chest open and you see his ribs coming out. But when it hits Arnold, it's a flesh wound. Yes, that to me, yeah. there is a huge inconsistency there. Are we saying that Arnold is that jacked? Yeah, well, Jesse in that movie is just, they're all incredibly just jacked. jacked. They're all jacked. Carl Weathers is incredibly jacked. I mean, and, mm, they're not just as jacked. No, right. as jacked as Arnold. But they are... Jesse Ventura was pretty big. <laughs> Why does the laser... I would say the most comparable... You say it grazed him. You know, but the reason I give this to Alien is because, A, Predator, as amazing as some of the kills are, the inconsistency with the laser cannon kind of bothers me a little bit. And I love an alien. Doesn't it feel like with each kill, you learn something new? Like, because we've seen it so many times, we know that he has the jaw that comes out. That's the other mouth inside of his mouth. But you don't know that until he kills the (laughs) mechanic, right? All of a sudden, another mouth comes out. Like, they reveal things. And the way they reveal with Ash that that he's an android is when his head gets knocked off and all the white fluid goes everywhere. I love how they use it as almost a thing to reveal more about the world. I think Ridley Scott had more intentionality with the kills, so I also give this to Alien. Can I give one more notch to Predator? Sure, possibly? go ahead. <laughs> you love Predator, Phil. We're not taking into account with Predator the fact that there are like two dozen kills in the first third of the movie in the form of the village scene. Are we doing favorite scene in this segment? Because, wow, that's dude, by far. That when he is, like, the truck is being used as a generator just, and he cuts that and it just like... <laughs> unbelievable that scene is just stick around (laughs) yeah it's just violence porn it's like we're gonna rpg this village to death then shoot them up then go into the village and kill all of them on the ground after blowing it up made a nice little statement about guns dude give me a break that guy (laughs) come on how do you direct predator and die hard and have an issue with guns yeah you catch what is wrong with you what kind of hypocritical old sack of shit are you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even though that pl- had a plot point like that's where they discover that they were misled and they were doing a mission that they actually didn't know about that scene orchestrated the strength of that unit because this whole time we're like another military secret mercenary commando unit great like those are in all kinds of movies but that was the scene where you realize like this unit is like they do this shit like clockwork yeah so but uh, does that change your mind or are you still going alien or predator for best to me kills? the alien bursting out of the chest will trump everything yeah. however quantity of insane kills predator all day long drew you make a good case quality alien quantity predator so i have to go alien cool yep. agreed it's just too iconic it's hard when you're dealing with an iconic scene like the chest burst i mean that is just like one of those if they were to say at the top 100 scenes of all time in cinema you would get the chest burster in there i'll never forget it and i and i just watched it i mean i watched it three times for this podcast mm-hmm. and all three times i was like also, when horrifying. he's being killed, that every time that guttural tone that's coming out of him is yeah, 
he looks like really he's in haunting. Pain. Well, he, and it's such a r- emotional ride because you're so you're you're you just saw an alien attached to his face and you're like oh just yeah feeling for him you're like my god he's still alive but he's mm-hmm. got this thing and then he wakes up and he's like i mean I think jovial I'm, i think i'm okay yeah. like can i get some coffee <laughs> some cereal whatever they're just all hanging out laughing it up little you and know you that. just felt like you were just starting to come down from like that sense of terror and then you know he just Dude. started to lose it again imagine man. seeing that again for the first time and not knowing because by the time i saw it it was already it had already been out since 79 so it's like it was like 20 years later you knew it was coming yeah but can you imagine not knowing that was coming for the first time and you're in theaters oh man yeah I, what a so scene mad. i can't do that all yeah. right so we're we're tightening it up here. I love this category. Best interpretation of an extraterrestrial. And this this kind of goes back to my theme, right? We're kind of deviating from the aliens of old, the gray, the Martians. We're talking about two evolutionized machines of death. I've I got dude, to me it's layup for alien. Agreed. Yeah. Alien was a far better designed character. It was far better it was thought out better. Um it it's not even close in my book. For me, Alien was such a there was such a sense of just trying to survive, which is just the evolutionary spirit of like it, you bought into this thing just wants to carry on. It just wants to spread its seed and dominate and win. And there's no, I mean, Ash even said it like he respects Alien because of there's no delusion of morality. There's no he just does his thing with Predator. He was fun. But the like the vision, night vision, not the night vision, but the infrared, the infrared vision, and like the com- kind of crappy computer. Th- it's like mm-hmm. it was like a poor man's interpretation of what maybe an alien in the future might, yeah, how they might operate. So to me, Alien holds up today, whereas Predator kind of was like, all right, that was cute in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, the Predator has all the weapons. It's so cool, and. Phil, you kind of alluded to this, why Predator gets a knock for you, which is the lack of context. Think about it this way. The design of the alien is the device that increases the tension and the horror. I think as as much as I love Halloween, as much as I love all the slasher films, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, Nightmare Before... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The... The device here is the growth of the alien. They use space. They use tension in a way, and it, that was that was later copied in Michael Myers' films and Jason Voorhees' films. The way they use the space and the tension is all correlated to the growth of the alien. First form, alien is a is the face hugger. It's the actually it's the pod. You see a pod, you're like, what's in there? Why is that there? You don't know. Then all of a sudden, the face hugger. So, and then I love the scene. And this is a little thing they didn't have to do, but when they see. The skin of the, the molting, yes. yes, yes, like a snake. Yes, and that's when you realize this is a creature. Like this is this is a literal creature in outer space. It's growing, and the skin is coming off because it's outgrowing. Think about it. Each level of intensity that the mm-hmm. film increases that's is brilliant. directly correlated to an evolution from face hugger. Oh man, that's good. All the way up to the when it's its master form and this is over the period of what 24 hours that it grows for that reason i think the design of the alien because it's responsible for the tension that you feel in this film it's 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 leaps and bounds above predator agreed well oh said. yeah agreed i didn't need that explanation to be convinced but even more so yeah you've just solidified my platform it, it, and honestly <laughs> i've seen this film almost 100 times and, and it didn't hit me until my last watch through. have you really seen it dude times? i these were we had these on vhs recorded illegally because that's m- amazing and i just couldn't get enough i had the action figures for all these gosh but that predator that, 
All of them. Oh. You're talking about Predator or Alien? Alien. Oh, okay. But Predator, I've seen Predator more than Alien. But yeah, I mean, it didn't hit me till my last watch through. It's like each time this alien evolves, like the terror just increases. It's true. It's incredible. All right. This is Drew's favorite category. Which one would be the best episodic or TV series? I feel like because I liked the supporting cast of Predator more, I want to know more about those guys. Mm-hmm. How did they become know. so good at their jobs? Yes. I want to know how Sonny Landon became a trail tracker guy. I want to know how, what's his name, why he's so jokey about his girlfriend. I want to, you know, like I, right. I, would, I would like to go deeper into mm-hmm. those. Like what, how did they become mercenaries? Why are they there? What kinds of things have they done before? That feels like it'd be fun to me. Great point. Phil. Man, that's a tough one. Um, I actually agree with you on the Predator thing. I think that would be... I, I don't know if it would be a better episodic situation because so much context was left out of the original movie. I could see both of them succeeding as a serial for different reasons. That's a tough one for me. I could see Alien really fleshing out the corporation behind the ship and why there were these mm. these secondary and tertiary directives hidden in the computer concerning extraterrestrial life and why they stowed a robot on board that that was allegedly the doctor and all this stuff. But in Predator, I could see them getting, like you said, into the backstories of the soldiers, definitely into the backstory of the, uh, the extraterrestrial creature. They could both do it really well. I don't know if I can answer that, to be honest with I you. I think now, after listening to you explain that, though, because they all die, I don't think I care about them before Predator is there. To me, it's a <clears throat> So slight, it's like, I don't really care yeah. about their backstory. So to me, your point about knowing more about the company behind Mother... Which yeah. is, they get into that more in the, the the later films. But truth be told, I haven't seen the, the follow-up Predator movies. So, and if you remember, the first scene in Predator was just like the ship dropping the Predator on Earth. So I think I'd like to know more about that. Yeah, Which maybe sure. they get into in later films, but I don't really care to watch those. I'd love to see a, a well-done <laughs> Netflix yeah, series that explains for that. For sure. As close as this was for me, I gotta go Alien. And that has to do with what the director showed us later. I mean, Alien, when you stack rank RoboCop, Terminator, Alien, and Predator, Alien has by far been the best consistent franchise. The drop-off after T2 is crazy. Predator only had one good movie. The rest are jokes. Like, And the newest one is literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Alien... What Ridley Scott showed us when Prometheus came out and Alien Covenant is that there was so much backstory that could be had with the engineers and all the stuff that he showed us with Prometheus. I like the idea that Predator 2 tried to show us, but it was so poorly executed. It had a subpar cast, subpar director. It's just poorly done. But it gave me an idea that I'm like, God, I would love that because that's where they show us the ship. And there's a ship with all these skulls. And one of the cool things they do in 2, and this is basically the only cool thing they did in 2, that it's not just human skulls. There are skulls of animals from other planets that you don't know about, like these giant skulls that look Mm. like alien. They look like alien buffalo. I mean, you can't even describe it. They're these giant, crazy-looking skulls. And all of a sudden, you had this feeling that the predator isn't just hunting humans it's hunting all kinds of stuff just hunting maybe there's a hunting season like they and they travel based on maybe they based on conditions or based on timing but that idea has never been fully realized now that ridley scott has showed me prometheus and this idea of where did aliens I come love from prometheus oh prometheus it's a great movie oh and it look it's so beautiful yes I visually th- it's un- unbelievable 
I think unfortunately, because Predator has yet to fully realize this universe and they've given us glimpses of good ideas since the original, Alien has showed us that there is so much more, it's easier to realize, and there's so much more substance. I go Alien. I, I would go Alien too, just even if it's because that's the one I'd rather see. Mm-hmm. And that's the more engaging character in universe for me. I'd, I'd rather I'd go Alien. That's fair. I mean, because I'm outnumbered, I'll go Alien. Okay. Peer pressure. <laughs> He's bullied and you into submission. Don't I mean, you. I'm just saying Alien wins the category, whether I say so or not. She true. Yeah, it's close though. Like I said, we only pick the best of the best here. So at Movie Wars. <laughs> Plug, 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 plug. No subpar <laughs> wars will happen here. Now this is where Honor. it gets intense. Best music, Predator. Easy. I got it. Yeah, I go Predator. That's tough. They're both very good. Mm-hmm. Very well. So uh, Jerry Goldsmith Steen for Alien. For Alien. Mm-hmm. And then Sylvester. Alan Sylvester. Alan Sylvester for Predator. Predator to I me, I, I noticed the score more, and it like did things. I would. Know, it had a very distinct theme to me that I liked a lot, and that would play over and over again. And then it had very distinct variations on that theme per scene. So I really, to me, the saving grace of Predator was the score. Ten minutes in, I would have said Alien. The first ten minutes of Alien, when you're just like, it's just that slow tour you're taking through the ship, and there's just like that string, whatever that's happening with. It's so beautiful. I'm so, it's, I'm so engaged because really the only thing that's happening is you're just kind of seeing the ship and you're hearing the music and it's so great. But I'm with you. The rest of the movie, Predator, keeps you engaged. It tracks, it feels like it matches the, I don't really think about the music for the rest of Alien, mm-hmm. but that first opening it's scene, it's perfect. It's amazing Ooh, how similar. A good point. Yeah, great point. It's amazing how similar to our first episode is, which was Robocop versus Terminator. Both great scores again, but the thing I loved about how they used it in RoboCop is what they used with Predator. At the end of the movie, when the score kicks in, the main theme, da 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 like, it kind of ties the bow. It's kind of like in RoboCop when they fade the black when he says, my name's Murphy, and it kicks right in with the theme. Hmm. It brings you back. It gives you this closure. Alien is very, it's very orchestral, it's very classical, and it, it definitely matches the tone, and it makes you feel like you're in space, but I'm working out sometimes, sometimes I'm lifting weights, and like all of a sudden I think, da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da, like all of a sudden the theme <laughs> of Predator kicks in. I gotta give it to Predator mostly for its memorability and the way they punctuate the ending with it. Yeah, I would agree. We got a tie so far, we got 3-3 three, three here. Um, we're gonna get into a funny category here. Ready for this? Worst creature body odor. Alien vs. Predator, which one oh. has the worst odor? So does the the worst smell go to... Does the wind go to the one that smells the worst? <laughs> wondering the same yeah, thing. But or does the wind go to the one that smells the best? Yeah. It goes to the worst. Because I think in this case, if you're an alien, you you want to smell the worst. I think it's... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. I think this is diplomacy here. Okay, well then I gotta go Predator again because mm-hmm. the dude takes off a mask. And he's got a mm-hmm. vagina face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I feel like if you're taking, it seems like if he's taking off a mask, it looks kind of looks like he's wearing shoulder pads and he's got gear on and stuff. Mm. He's got all his tech and guns and stuff. Dude, what, oh, that mask. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that you got to clean beneath. Yeah. A lot of sweat and, you know, it seems like Alien is just, Alien is just an animal, basically. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. He's not wearing any gear, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got to go Predator on this. 
Side note, you talked about the vagina face. Did you know it took 16 people to operate that vagina face? I believe it. 16 people operating each Dude, individual I, part of that face. I wish the Predator wow. had never worn a mask because he was so much more terrifying with the mask off. But I love the helmet. I think the helmet's iconic. When he drops it in the mud, you realize, like, I love that helmet. Yeah. I mean, the, my, my issue is seeing Predator now and having things to compare it to and, and not being able to separate it from like something like Mortal Kombat the whole time and thinking like the Predator just looks like a Mortal Kombat character. And that's because in all they fairness, just had him in Mortal Kombat eleven. Yeah. Well, so dreads is, are cool. This though. is recency bias. It is. You know, you're right. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. It's I, I fully recognize this. They put Terminator and Robocop also in that. They've also had Alien. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, so are you letting your recency bias? Oh, totally. Pop in? Okay. But I thought the Predator was way more terrifying when the mask came off. Very terrifying. By the way, Alien was going to get an X rating if they left the egg. You know when the egg opens on the planet at the beginning? Yeah. It opens in kind of like a flowering kind of thing? At first it opened like a vaginal delivery. A canal. What? A canal. And they were going to give it an X rating? And they said it looked too vaginal. And oh come on! They really so God, they had how to go we've back changed as a culture to avoid the X rating. They had to go back and make it more of a flowering kind of thing. They really wanted the sex to be in that. <laughs> the they sex really did. I got to go predator here, and the reason is, is I, 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 one of the, and we didn't get into this in the best interpretation of extraterrestrial. I think the acid blood is the coolest thing about the alien, although it's kind of like the laser cannon in Predator. It's inconsistently used in the second one, it's where true. they're literally blasting hundreds of aliens in in the sequel, and sometimes it's used as a plot device where it gets on someone's face and burns them, but sometimes they're shooting thousands of aliens and the acid doesn't touch anything or burn anything. So I don't know how, but I think probably that acid gives the alien, even if it's not a pleasant smell, it gives it a consistent smell. Mm. It probably smells like a vehicle. I imagine it smelling like some kind of turbine in a, in a like a factory. Whereas with the Predator, he's a seven foot Nigerian ballerina played by one. He's jumping through trees. <laughs> he's doing a lot of hunting. Lot and of- also according to the, the woman that they're towing along the whole time mm-hmm. that they captured from the village or mm-hmm. whatever. I love I love when Parker is like when they cut open that, you know, the acid spews out, he's like, Hello defense mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's like, yeah ob- I guess true observation. Pretty good. But she says that for a long time now, during certain hot seasons, they've been afraid of this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's been out there all that time, he's got to stink. Well, and we don't see what, does he ship. shower in the fucking river. Yeah, we don't know if there's a shower on the ship. I mean, and all <laughs> this athletic activity, definitely don't see any scenes of cleansing. That predator's got to stink. Scenes of cleansing. So we go. That's going to be a uh, ASMR offshoot of this podcast. All right, so predator gets one here. So four to three. So we thought, I think when we developed this podcast, that Best Weapons was going to come up during Best Interpretation, but we really didn't discuss it, so I'm going to keep it in here. Best Weapons. Um, I am going to go Alien because he was stealth. He had multiple ways to kill, and he was just very just creepy about it. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas Predator, for me, his weaponry was real contrived. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, he's got a laser on his shoulder. Oh, he's got freaking Wolverine claws in his hands. Like, all right. Anybody can do that. There were no rules in that universe. That's my issue with Predator. Mm -hmm. There were no rules, and so they could have done anything, and they did because there were no rules. What you're describing, though, is best absence of weapons. Yeah. So isn't that by default 
go to Predator because he had weapons. Well, let's clarify. Uh, it doesn't have to be the antagonist weapon. Self. De- well, I also think self defense mechanisms can be. This is what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be the antagonist. It doesn't have to be a it gun. Could, it could be anybody. What is the creature's offense? How does it attack or how does it defend itself? Think of it that way. Oh, so it is the antagonist mm-hmm. source of offense. And it basically. can be it can be the other weapons too. Like that the they used to kill the the weapons in Predator were my biggest issue with that movie. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. You mean the ones attached to the creature? Yeah, just like there was no that was part of like the no context thing for me. It was like, oh, he's yeah. got these shoulder laser cannons, like they didn't establish any rules for the film, so he could technically do anything. Yeah, you don't really get this context. You don't really know it until later films that there's several of these creatures and they travel from planet to planet and hunt all kinds of things. So it makes sense if you think about it that evolutionarily as a specialist professional hunter that they would develop the best weapons just like humans have developed the best weapons of technology. But you're right. In the first one, you don't get that sense. Whereas with Alien, the reason I'm picking Alien in this category is because I love the idea that although this alien doesn't have guns, doesn't have laser cannons, these are the things that the creature has evolved. Acid blood, the the teeth, the mouth inside the mouth. I mean, the, the face hugger is kind of an evolved trait. Like, that's the way it penetrates you. Yeah, the you. face hugger thing is one of the creepiest things yeah, ever. Yeah. period. Love, it's disgusting. I love that in Alien, all the quote-unquote weaponry is natural to the character. So I go Alien on this. It's really well said. When you, when you were talking, I thought about when they tried to pry the limb off of the face and he tightened the, mm. oh, the tail the, around the neck yeah which Oof. takes some that takes some serious thought like to think about just that whole defense mechanism like you remove the tentacle it tightens the neck to keep like it's you really, think it's really just really a long. tail and then it serves a purpose <clears throat> right it really speaks to the evolutionary process like it really was intuitive about mm. how an alien would indeed evolve yeah, it's 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 that the alien is more parasitic, whereas the predator is more of a hunter. Predatory. <laughs> Predatory, yeah. Right. Where are you going, Drew? Well, you both went alien, so I'll go alien again. <laughs> it's again. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Man, I think going into this, we thought this was going to be a surefire alien win, but we're, we're, four, we're uh, four to four right now, tied. Objectively, Predator's got a lot going for it. It does. From a movie perspective. And you're only realizing it now after talking to, to yeah, Drew and I. You know. It's fair. Recency bias. <laughs> Maybe this is a make or break category. We got another fun category here. Who's who's uglier? You talked about Ooh. vagina face. Definitely alien. Teeth within teeth? My God. Yeah, His head alien, looks like a penis? Come on. Mm-hmm. Alien is pretty bad looking. They're both really hideous. I think Predator's cool looking, honestly. Yeah. The dreadlocks and stuff. Helmet off, it's kind of ugly. Helmet off, yeah. But helmet on, sleek. Helmet on is just badass. And and I think the helmet is what makes you think, like, that's because in the commentary, he calls it a space helmet, which is funny. I don't think of it as a space helmet. I just think of it as, like, a protective device. But when he disconnects it at the end, when he fights Arnold mano a mano, and he takes off and all the air stuff, in the commentary, he talks about, like, this was designed to protect him on, on planets where he could breathe so i love the idea that it's also a functional helmet too when he takes it off he's super ugly but up until then i think he looks sleek as hell so i go uglier alien here agreed uglier is alien agreed mouth and a mouth he's got the sausage head it's weird penis the penis yeah. head that doesn't mean that i don't think he's cool though i think the alien the fact that it's designed by a a, a renowned artist I oh, mean, I mean, the design cool. of him is amazing. It's still amazing. I just wanted to give credit. Rest in peace, H.R. Giger, who died, I think, a few years ago. But Which creature died the best death? 
They both, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen these films, they both die. Ah, uh, Predator. I go Alien, hands down. Really? It's the most iconic death. Yeah, when she okay. blasts a hole through the thing and it sucks them out. I mean, it was imitated in Endgame when they blasted the that's hole true. through the that's thing. That's true, that's true. And then she fires up the jets and blows them. Yeah, for sure, Alien. I love the idea in Predator that the Predator has a nuclear weapon <laughs> inside so of his arm. Weird. <laughs> I mean, but it kind of speaks, the rules are kind of loose in Predator. You're like, oh, I can deal with the Wolverine blades and the laser cannon. I mean, sure, he's a But hunter. now he's a nuke. Now but he's now a living he a nuke. nuke. Like, how much, how much experience do these Predators have that all of a sudden Hiroshima and Nagasaki's in his wristband? <laughs> you know? And, and after like, not being able to talk, he starts going, ho, 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 ho. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. That's true. At the end, like, job of the Also, why not start with the nuke? Right! Just drop the nuke. Why are you dropping the Predator? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got to get his trophies. He's got to get his trophies. I think it's, uh, so I think a it's literally a self-destruction device. I think the, the nuke is for if he's in the situation he's in, which is he's going to die, and he wants to eliminate himself. Man, changing my vote, alien. Alien? I know. You guys are persuasive. Listening to y'all talk, I'm like, well, shit. Yeah. I also, that. I just kind of loved that he was defeated by a log being dropped on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Arnold rests. He sees the log drop on him, and he's like, "Ah, oh, now I can sleep." And he puts his head back and rests. And then you hear, you know, the little clicky, you know, um, reptile thing going on behind him. But I would go with the alien. I mean, that was a pretty elaborate death. Yeah, he gets kicked yeah. out the airlock. He hangs on by a thread. He gets blasted in the thrusters. Looks like really shitty extra kicking around in a costume. Yeah. And, you know, Ripley, again, what we talked about earlier, Ripley's not a soldier. She's basically a ship hand on a cargo ship in space, doesn't have any training, doesn't have any weapons, literally just using the elements. And, and like, I love what you said earlier about her failing at setting off the self-destructive device. It was so real. Oh, Ripley's I loved not that. that scene. Uh, she's not made buff. that movie. I mean, she's extraordinarily tall, but, I mean, that's, I mean... The alien's also very tall. So using the elements here, I give it to Alien because I love the way she just disposes of him using the natural elements available to her. No extra, no extravagant weapons, no immaculate grenades. Literally just gets lucky and gets the alien trapped in a hole. And I think it's just good storytelling from the it takes her from I mean, not to sound weird, but she takes off all of her clothes. She's like, Okay, I'm good. I've I've made it. Yeah. And then oh shit the way to kill him is to get completely clothed back up in my suit right? and turn, you know, the helmet oh, and the whole thing. What a thing. scene. That like, was amazing. really, really good storytelling. Yeah. Oh, that was a great scene. Yeah, well, Alien. Changing my vote. Well, again, it goes back to the quality versus quantity. We see a lot of death in Predator, but in Alien, it's it's such a naturalistic film. I mean, to me, the theme of the film is not just the sexual aspect, but it's it's the Alien nature aspect. versus us, you know? And everything that you're seeing with the face hugger is nature one-upping us. It's true. Whereas in Predator, it's like man with gun versus alien with gun, you know? So Who will gun more? I mean, we have one question left, and that puts Alien up six to four, but we have to do this fun category, which is a, which is a movie war's favorite. Which movie does your wife hate more? <laughs> or would hate more. And now, just for a little context for the listener, pretty much every guy in this room, our wives hate most of the movies we watch. We can't agree on anything. Uh, yeah, so I was able to get my wife to watch the director's cut of Alien. She had never seen it before. She did not like it. Her main gripe was she didn't understand what the alien's motive was for 
doing anything that it was doing, for which for me, it's the evolutionary, like just spread the seed, continue mm-hmm. on. And just the mystery of like, what is there something else? Like uh, to me, that's part of the allure. But for her, her main gripe was, I don't get well, why does alien mm-hmm. hate this ship? So, like, right. you know, that's a fair gripe. Because it touched his eggs, bro. I do think she hadn't seen Predator. I do think she would like that more because of the, there were more lighthearted moments. Mm-hmm. It was more, you know, with the one-liners and, you know, there was some jokes and stuff. I think she would have appreciated it more. So yeah. I guess this goes to Alien. Yeah, um, I go Predator because my, this is weird, my wife has nightmares. Like, if she, she will never watch The Shining with me, which is a top 10 film for me. But for some reason, if it's in space, she can tolerate it. Like I, like I said earlier, this is one of the most eloquent displays of horror. I think it trumps Nightmare on Elm Street. It trumps Halloween, like in terms of how they use space tension and the the antagonist in terms of how they present horror to us. It's it's horrifying, but for some reason, if it happens in space, my wife can tolerate it. So she actually liked Alien. I think the reason that she would hate Predator more is I don't think she buys into the machismo that that movie was selling because the opposition to the Alien in Alien was a mediocrity. You know, it's these are cargo people. These are not warriors but in predator it's sweaty muscles machismo and i think it's really hard for her to buy into that so you know the answer here is what she actually doesn't like more which is predator so easy one for me my wife would like predator the least she'd be super into alien not be into predator because she doesn't for whatever reason is not into action for the sake of action just does not a fan one of her favorite movies is uh Jim Carrey movie that was super Ace weird Ventura. and cerebral. Oh, Eternal uh, Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine. I mean, that's one of her favorite movies. That movie could have used a predator or an alien. <laughs> just slaying people. So, so the the uh, action scenes, which make up like half of Predator, she wouldn't be. Oh, your that. memory's been wiped. How about an alien laser cannon in your face? In your balls. In your balls. Well, gentlemen, that's our war card. Alien. Alien wins. Let's give it up for As Alien. As it should. It's a better movie. Again, what? ladies and gentlemen, these are tough. We only, we only, unless we're doing one of our 0% Rotten Tomatoes battles, we pick movies we love. So this isn't us saying that it's necessarily a better film or these are just fun categories we make. But it is we're going to finish this film. off by just saying, aside from the war card, which movie do we prefer? What's our favorite? Drew. I'm torn, and this is going to sound like a cop-out, but best movie, Alien. Most rewatchable movie, Predator. Well said. That is that's very accurate. For me, it's it's alien across the board. I'd watch that again right now. I can't help but get really philosophical about this. You know, I always go back to being too young, but the benefit of being too young was the action figures. And I don't know if you guys agree, but what I miss about watching movies as a kid is that you saw a movie you liked, you went and got the action figures and played with them, right? I had alien action figures, I had Robocop, Terminator. I had this, and you may not remember this, but for T2, they had a they had a station you could buy, and it came with a pink fluid you would mix with a powder and water, and you could do a liquid metal man. And it, you could what? peel it however you wanted. It would dry, and you could peel it, and it would look like the liquid metal man, T1000 from T2. I mean, the action figures during this time were prime. I had, a, I had like a foot-tall Robocop, and you could actually open his leg and the gun would come out like these open, were just open his legs yeah well you know in robo in robocop the, de- the compartment his whole thighs come on phil but dude in, in all fairness in the 80s and 90s action figures towed the line between like really cool and really unsafe yeah oh yeah like do you remember creepy crawlers oh yeah those oh, yeah. things where you poured the maybe super toxic goo into a maybe lead mold That's and not a gummy stuck it bear. into a freaking oven. It's not a gummy bear. 
Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That shit would never fly. But now. you take the risk, <laughs> just like Arnold and Sigourney took the risk. You take the risk. Yeah, and we did. We made tons of insects. You take the plunge. But you know, going back to it, you know, I for me, it's I gotta say, Predator. I acknowledge. Here's the thing. I acknowledge that Alien is the better film. Everything about it is better. Better acting, better directing. The score is so well done, and they were very, very meticulous about how they picked Wagner at the end. They actually had, you know, an original composition for the end, but they went with Wagner because they just thought it took the movie out right. McTiernan, this was his directorial debut. You know, and it's it's technically flawed. Although I love Arnold, I acknowledge he's not the best actor in the movie. Not even he's not even maybe the third best actor, but he's Arnold. I take Predator here because when I watched it, I had to play with the action figures. I loved Arnold. I loved the explosions. If you were to tell me I had the choice to grab some popcorn and a beer and watch either Predator or Alien, I would say Predator, acknowledging that Alien is better made, the lore is better, the fact that H. R. Giger is the designer and he's an artist and it's so beautiful. The art is beautiful. Everything about Alien is amazing. I just am always going to want to watch Predator because I love Arnold and I love explosions and that's base carnal humanity for you, but that's where I sit. And you sit there in power. Lest I be judged? Well said. No, no that's great. It's great. All right, well... This was Movie Wars Episode 2. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Alien won the war card, but as you could tell, we have our preferences. We're not critics, we're fans. And uh, Anyway, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kyle. I'm Drew. And Phil! Next week, we'll be talking about uh, Aliens versus T2 because you know those are two of the best sequels of all time and and basically the reason we're doing those two is A, we're talking about all these movies, Robocop, Terminator, Alien, Predator, but these are two cases where the sequel was actually leaps and bounds better in two of the most memorable films of all time, so this is going to be intense. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I mean, this may be, this is dangerous, honestly, getting episode three and already going Aliens vs. T2, but we're going to do it. Full disclosure, I've seen neither of these films. Ooh, oh, Phil. you are in for I'm a so treat. stoked. Oh, Phil. However, <laughs> thus far, my favorite sequel of all time is Empire Strikes Back. I know that's the layup, but come on. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Star- it's interesting to say, it, uh, sorry, if I may. Go ahead. Arnold. Two weeks in a row now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna go Arnold up, dude. Th- he dominated the eighties. <laughs> a third week in a row. He was the human yep. Miami Hurricanes of the eighties. But 80s. right now he's yep. he's one and one. He won God last week and he lost today. Anyway, so we'll see. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. See you next week. Turbo Man. Oh.